I've been thinking for some time about doing a podcast on this issue of communion in the hand. It comes and goes out of my mind, and sometimes comes and goes out of my heart as well. I find, and have found over the years, that many people don't know the story of how communion in the hand was introduced, and why it has become so popular or so regular in its use. So what I'd like to do is to do three parts to this podcast on communion in the hand. Today is the first one. And in this first part, I'd like to show how communion in the hand came about. Not to explore whether it should be used and not to compare it to communion on the tongue. In part two, I'd like to explore the case that is made for communion on the hand being an ancient practice. And then in part three, to examine the merits of communion on the tongue. So let's begin. How did communion in the hand come about? Well, first of all, let's see what was called for by the Second Vatican Council in this general idea of communion. In all 16 documents of Vatican II, there is no mention of communion in the hand, and nor was it mentioned during any of the debates during the Council. The document on the Sacred Liturgy, Sacro Sanctum Concilium, in Chapter 2 on the Most Sacred Mystery of the Eucharist, says this in paragraph number 55. It admits that communion under both kinds may be granted, keeping the principles laid down by the Council of Trent. The Council of Trent said that there was no divine precept or rule for receiving under both kinds, except for the priest who was offering the Holy Mass, so that there is no demand or need for everybody or some to receive Holy Communion under both kinds. It also granted that Communion under both kinds might be given to the newly ordained at their Mass of Ordination, to the newly professed religious at their Mass of Religious Profession, and to the newly baptised at the Mass which follows their baptism. So, the Second Vatican Council did not mandate that a change take place in the way that Holy Communion was distributed. So when the Council closed in 1965, Communion on the Tongue was the only permitted way of receiving Holy Communion. So, what happened? Well, in the years immediately following Vatican II, in fact, four years, up until 1969, when a document from the Holy See was published called Memorali Domini, the practice of receiving communion in the hand became widespread in many countries. Now that's a rapid change in four years. But there was no prior approval sought from the Holy See to do this, no permission was given by the Holy See, and no preparation of the people was made for this change. So communion on the hand came about more in the style of a craze or a fashion of doing new things 
for the sake of doing new things, and also, I would say, a rebellious spirit of the age that led many bishops and priests to take matters into their own hands and begin doing this. This was obviously a liturgical abuse, and it put down roots in those countries where there were already doctrinal problems regarding the Holy Eucharist, namely Belgium, Holland, France and Germany. Some have said that the practice in these countries was also an effort to make the Catholic way of receiving Holy Communion more like that in Protestant churches, which makes some sense when you look at the countries involved. But really, though, that was a false sense of ecumenism. Unity between Christians is not achieved by one group surrendering what is authentically their belief. The Holy See did not succeed in stopping this abuse, and I was not able to find out what means were used to try to stop it. But the practice, unlawful as it was, continued. So the Holy See decided to consult all the bishops of the world on this question. This decision of Pope Paul VI already allows us to understand the importance of this issue I say this because some would maintain that this whole question is only of marginal importance. Remember though, it's 1969, four years after the Council concluded, and the Council made no recommendations nor made any call for this practice to be even considered. Furthermore, to consult all the bishops of the world was signalling not only that this question was crucial, but that only by doing something like how the Council operated could resolve it. Maybe the Pope was also hoping that the consultation of the bishops would end the whole affair. So anyway, three questions were proposed to all the bishops of the world. The first question was, does it seem that the proposal should be accepted by which, besides the traditional mode, the right of receiving Holy Communion in the hand would be permitted? So, in brief, do you agree that Holy Communion should be given in the hand? The response was, 567 bishops said yes, 1,233 said no, 315 said yes but with reservations, and there were 20 invalid votes. So that was 58% of the bishops in the world who responded were against the idea. 15% were in favour with reservations, 27% were in favour with no restrictions. The second question was, should experiments with this new rite first take place in small communities with the assent of the local ordinary, the local bishop? 751 said yes, 1,215 said no. The invalid votes in this question were 70 So 62% of the bishops around the world were against this. 38% were in favour. Question three was, do you think that the faithful, after a well-planned catechetical preparation, would accept this new way of giving Holy Communion willingly? 835 said yes. 1,185 said no. And there were invalid votes of 128. 
So 59% of the bishops of the world said no, it would not be willingly accepted. 20% said it would. From the responses received, it's clear that by far the greater number of bishops felt that the present way of giving Holy Communion should not be changed at all. Indeed, that if it were changed, this would be offensive to the sensibilities and the spiritual appreciation of the bishops and most of the faithful. Pope Paul VI judged that the long-received manner of ministering Holy Communion to the faithful on the tongue should not be changed and he urged bishops, priests and people to observe zealously the existing law of Holy Communion on the Tongue, which remained valid and again confirmed by him, and which the judgment of the majority of the Catholic bishops requested to be maintained. He said this was done out of concern for the common good of the Church. Now unfortunately Pope Paul did not leave it at that. Out of concern for the spiritual good of his people, but in hindsight I would say a moment of weakness, he went further and entered into a compromise with his disobedient bishops. He said, and I quote him here, if the contrary usage of placing Holy Communion in the hand has already developed in any place, in order to help the Episcopal Conference fulfil their pastoral office, in today's often difficult situation, the Apostolic See entrusts to the conferences the duty and function of judging particular circumstances, if any. End of quote. He went on to say the Episcopal conferences may make this judgment provided that, one, any danger is avoided of insufficient reverence to the Most Holy Sacrament. And two, false opinions of the Holy Eucharist arising in the minds of the faithful. So they had to be on guard that false ideas about the presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament must not come up in people's minds. And third, that any other improprieties would be carefully removed. So any way that has crept in of lack of reverence for the Most Blessed Sacrament should be removed. In these cases, moreover, in order to govern the usage properly, the Episcopal Conferences, he said, should undertake the appropriate deliberations amongst themselves after prudent study, and then the decision to allow communion in the hand must be made by a two-thirds majority of the bishops in the conference and by a secret ballot. So then the deliberations would be proposed to the Holy See for the necessary confirmation, together with an accurate explanation of the reasons which moved the bishops to take this action and request this permission of the Holy See. He said the Holy See would then weigh the individual cases with care, remembering the bonds which exist between the several local churches among themselves and with the entire church in order to promote the common good and the edification of the people and an increase of faith and piety which flow from mutual good example. The Pope may have been hoping that with all these stringent requirements nothing would be changed and the bad practices would be wound back. 
It would be too difficult to meet the criteria required, he may have thought. But that's not what happened. Note also that places where communion in the hand was not being done could not apply for this exemption. It was only for those places where this practice had begun, namely Germany, Belgium, Holland and France. But what actually happened? At the beginning, they followed this criterion. Then, almost every diocese in those countries requested and obtained the indult or exception where there was no necessity for it. Cardinal Knox, who was Prefect of the Congregation for Divine Worship at the time, an Australian, also began to agree to the demands of other bishops' conferences in other countries where the practice had not even started. Cardinal Knox held an interpretation of what the Pope had said that was not correct. And that's how, gradually, like a snowball going down a mountain, eventually the practice of communion in the hand became almost universal in the Church. From 1969 to the end of the 1970s, gradually, country by country, Episcopal conference by Episcopal conference, requested this permission from the Holy See, and communion in the hand came about. I think from memory in Australia, it was around about in 1976, maybe 1977, that the permission was granted. But it's important to notice as we finish this first part that although it looks like the practice of Holy Communion in the hand is the ordinary way, in fact, according to the law of the Church, the ordinary way to receive Holy Communion is to receive on the tongue. It is still an indult, that's the technical word meaning permission to do something that is not the law, has been given. To receive on the hand is still an indult. Permission is being given to do something that is not the law of the church. So there you have it, that's how it came about. And keep your eyes open for part two of this podcast, where, as I said, I will explore... The case made for communion in the hand being an ancient practice, which was part of the reasons that many people gave at this time of the 60s and into the 70s why communion in the hand should take place. I encourage you to remain reverent as you receive our Lord in Holy Communion, remembering it's not a thing, it's a person. It is the very Son of God, body, blood, soul and divinity that you receive in Holy Communion. May God bless you.